Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being a part of it. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. If you would like to get involved with the services, you can call in, you can uh, email us, you can call 1-800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-2663. Or you can email us, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town on your emails, and I can answer your questions today. So get involved. And good morning to you guys. Thank you for coming. Good morning. I absolutely appreciate it. Um, I want to talk about um, overcoming. Overcoming. But uh, I know, John, you had a question. Well, and I want to... It's totally unrelating to this. Oh, oh, okay. It was relating to your birthday and what Robert calls me at my young and tender age. Oh, about the birthday thing. Well, he yeah. called me an old geezer. Okay. Uh, old geezer. <laughs> the first person called me an old geezer. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure your insurance policy is paid up. Better watch it, Robert. I know. Do not call me that, Robert. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah. I want to, what I realized, I've, I've been blessed or fortunate enough to travel around the country and talk to a lot of people and counsel with them and speak to them in public and hear their testimonies back to me. And, um, and then most of the people that I talk to say that they believe in God. They say that they're Christians, they pray, they read the Bible, they uh, you know, lift up holy hands, they pay their tithing, and, and yet they are absolutely uh, unhappy people. You know, when I ask them certain questions, they are not getting along well in their relationships. They're very insecure within themselves and with others. They have all types of sickness and diseases, and the families are all messed up. They're angry, and yet they, they, uh, you know, they, they say that they believe in God. And when I ask them about overcoming, I can tell by their conversation and their action that they don't really, really believe that you can overcome. They don't truly believe it. They believe it because they heard it, but they don't really believe it. Most Christians don't. And I wonder, why would anybody want to serve a God that is not making your life better? You know, that you're the same, you have the same anger, the same type of relationships, the same fears, the same doubts, the same worries that you had prior to becoming a child of God. I don't understand why people accept that, you know. Well, I do understand, but... I'm just saying I don't understand, so you can think about it. But I do understand. But why would people accept a God who in the Bible says that ask and you shall receive? He said that knock and the door will be open for you, meaning all opportunities are there, or you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Um, he said that you, you don't have because you don't ask. So he sounds like he's pretty serious about it. He says that um, uh, once you're born again, you, you don't sin, you know, you cannot sin, and that if you do sin, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. You're of your father, the devil, and for this reason Christ came, that we should overcome sin, that, so that we cannot sin because sin is of the nature of, de of the devil. And yet Christians are doing all, not all Christians, but most of them are doing exactly the same things that they were doing prior to accepting God. And, and they don't question that. Why is that? You know, they don't, they don't say to themselves, well, if I believe in God and God said he's going to give me life if I believe in him and give me perfect peace, why don't I have it? What's going on with me that I don't have it? They, I don't know why they don't ask those questions. And I have to tell you, the easiest thing in the world to do once you are truly born again is to overcome your issues in life. It is the most, it's the easiest thing you ever have to do and can do in life. How many of you believe that? Oh, you do believe it, good. And how many of you are doing that? You're overcoming because it's so easy to overcome. Okay, see a lot of people believe it but only three are doing it. And we gotta find out if they're lying in a minute. 
Because you guys are going to tell us how to do it. So I'm giving you time to think about it. All right? Because it is the easiest thing to overcome. I mean, it's the easiest thing to do. is to overcome the issues of life. And, uh, but Christians are not doing it. And I have to say, you cannot be born again of God and not overcome your issues in life. You can't. You cannot be born again of God. Now, you can be born of the devil and not overcome, but you cannot be born of God and not overcome. It's impossible. And uh, it's not happening, though. I look at a lot of, it's sad, but I look at a lot of men who are married, Christian men who are married, and they're, they're so timid around their wives. They're controlled by their wives. Sometimes when I'm out and I'm at a meeting with a group of them, the wife is doing all the talking and running everything, and if the husband should say something, she goes off on him or give him that look, you know, because they try to hide it from me, but I'll be looking, right? And I see, <laughs> I see her give him that eye, you know, uh, you know, you know how mama used to do when we were kids? We, we can just look, look at her and it, it spoke volumes. We know to go sit down. Well, I see wives cr- treating their husbands that way, and I see the husbands accepting it. I wish my wife would give me the evil eye in the public. It'd be her last sign. I mean, <laughs> I say something, she's going to look at me like, like she's my mama. You know, and then I'm going to cower down. I wish she would do that if I had one. But, um, but I want to talk to you about overcoming because I want you to start questioning your life. If you are born again, either the Bible is lying or we have missed it somewhere along the way or something is going on. Somebody lying somewhere. And why would you want to believe in a God that's going to leave you in the same condition that you were in before believing in him? What's the purpose? You know, and the people don't, even when I was, and people don't question that, even when I was a kid and I was hearing about God and, you know, I was born in the church, I think, but I've always gone to church. But I would hear about God and what he would do for you and, and the life you should have if you believe in him. So as a kid, I used to question that, you know. And when I, at 15, I pretended that or I thought that I had accepted him, but nothing changed. And I used to say to him, well, in the Bible, you said that if I believe in you, I will have a better life. I'll be happier. You know, I'll have peace. How come I don't have it? You know, how come I still I have these same feelings and thoughts and I'm controlled by things? I would question those things, but people don't even question God nowadays. They don't, well, they don't question their Christian life. And I have to tell you, more Christians are suffering than not. When you are born again, the only type of suffering you should endure is the world coming after you. That's the only type of suffering you have to do because Christ has done everything else. All this other garbage that you're going through, Christ has already taken care of that. And there is no need for you to have to go through any of that because he's taking care of it. So my question to you, um, let me first ask the people here because I don't want to give you the answers. If I give you the answers right now, you're just going to repeat me what I say. That's what a lot of preachers do. They bring you in, they give you the answers. You bow your head, you lift up your head and say, yeah, I got it. And you go out in hell. Nothing changed. But let me ask, how many Christians we have here? Born again Christians. Men and women of God. Only four. <laughs> and, and let me just say to you, the rest of you who are afraid to raise your hand because your, your mind working on you right now, uh, it's not a test. This is a fellowship. We're here to edify one another. I'm a witness to you, and you're a witness to me. So don't let the devil make you afraid to, you know, whatever. It's not a test. We're, not, we're testifying to one another uh, about what we are and what we're not and what we know and what we don't know. All right? So you can relax. And we only have four Christians, right? Born again. Okay. We got another one. Can I? Oh. <laughs> oh, yes, ma'am. 
sort of along that lines this morning. I had a whole bunch of questions going through my mind. Yeah. It was like about God, like how can we believe in God? And like it's, it's weird, like because we do believe in God, but we never seen him or anything. Right. Just something inside us. And, yes. And other people believe in other gods too. And I was thinking maybe our believing in God is just like they're believing in God because we've been taught and stuff like that. And then I don't want to think of it too much because I don't want God to get mad at me. <laughs> yeah. And then he would rather you think about it. Um, just a whole, whole bunch of questions like that was going through my mind. And I was thinking like when you cry out to God, like when something bad goes wrong, we cry out to God and He always helps us. And I was thinking maybe it's the devil helping us and trying right. to us and stuff. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad somebody is thinking about it, and don't ever be afraid to think about it, because He said, "Seek the kingdom." in his right way and he added to you. And most people are not truly thinking or seeking him. And that's the devil telling you, because we've been trained not to question God. You know, you're not supposed to ask God, you're not supposed to question him. And that's just a trick that the preachers have pay, played on you because they don't want you to know what they don't know or that they don't know. Or even your parents, they have played a trick on you because they don't want you, to, the Christian parents don't want you to know that they don't know either. And when you question people, they have to answer that. And so they'll rather make you shut up and say, don't question God. God do whatever you want. You know? And so a lot of people don't question. They spend a life of suffering unnecessarily. Um, and you're right. I believe, and this is a high number, but I believe that 99.999.9% of people do not believe in God. They believe about him. They believe what they heard about him. They, they believe in a uh, physical, with their brains, you know, with their thoughts. But that doesn't save you. They're not, they don't believe in their hearts. They don't believe in a spiritual way. And so that's why, that's one reason that most people are suffering. Because they true, and you gotta believe in him. Like Christ said, no man can get to the Father unless they go through the Son. You gotta believe in him in order to be one with him. And most people do not believe in him. And that's the problem. And the question is, how do you come to believe in him? Because once you believe in him, then your life will change. Without a doubt, it will change. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more guilt, no more all that stuff. When you truly believe in him, but most people believe about him. That's why nothing really changed. Their relationships are still bad. You know, men are still weak and subject to women. Women are still weak and subject to the wrong type of men. The kids are all messed up because the father and mother are weak. And it just, and all in the name of Jesus. All in the name of Jesus. It's so sad that uh, the devil made a promise that he's going to deceive every man, woman, and child. And it's working. White Americans tell me all across the country that they have fear of black people telling them the truth. Now they don't fear that blacks are gonna hurt them, but they're afraid of being called a racist and the results of that. And I'm like, how, and I said, okay, so you're afraid to tell black people the truth. Do you believe in God? Raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. And I'm like, how can you believe in God and have fear of telling your fellow man the truth? Just because they are gonna get upset about it. And I tell them that you can always tell black people the truth and run. You don't have to hang around. Just take off, you know, be gone. Because the truth is of God. <laughs> it's of God. And when you tell the truth and you don't overreact, that person has to deal with it. But if you, and you can't love, cannot love God and be of him and afraid to even tell your enemy the truth. Because God said we should love our enemies. And one great aspect of loving our enemies is to be honest with our enemies and hope that they would overcome. But if you're afraid of them for fear of losing something because they're going to call you racist or they're going to call your name, then you're not going to get anywhere. I'm called names all the time by black people. Every name in the book. Listen to my show. We, we're going to start playing some of the uh, phone calls I get on my answer service from black people. And, and you'll, you'll get the feel of what, how they call me these names, the, the hatred behind the way they present it, too. They don't just call me up and say, oh, hi, you're a nigger, and hang up. <laughs> they don't call up and say, you know, I would just like to let Reverend Peterson know he's a nigger. 
<laughs> you know, he's a sellout. They're, they're not nice about it. They, they curse me out and call me all kind of nasty names. And you can just, you know, see their hatred. And then they call me nigger and hang up. <laughs> One guy called me up recently, and I think we have it on to play for you too on, on the radio. He left, he called me up and he said, who in the blank, blank, blank is this Jesse Peterson? He said, I'm not going to call you but one time. I'm not going to call back. And he called me this awful name, right? And then he called back three times back to back. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's, he's surely not calling back. But that kind of hatred drives you. But I feel nothing about it. It's like looking at a movie. It's not personal. It's not bothering me at all. It doesn't embarrass me. It doesn't put fear in me. It doesn't do anything. It's like somebody else is acting out and I'm looking at it. That's all it means to me. Even with my kids, same thing. When they act up, it's like my kids are acting up, but it's not moving me. It's fine. And I, you know how kids, they say things to try to manipulate you and get you to do what they want. I can see them trying to do that too. And I'm just looking at this person acting out. Because once you're born again, you're no longer connected to the world around you. You're no longer connected emotionally where your kids, your husband, your wife, or your friends, or anyone can manipulate you and move you. Isn't that amazing? It's an amazing way to live. But so let me just ask. So I only had three people who were born again, and the rest of you are not, right? Let me talk to the not born again first. You know, you didn't raise your You're not born again. And how do you know you're not? Because I, because different things that happen that I was, you know, that I react to. Reacted to a lot of things. You do? And when you say react, define react for me. Uh, what do you mean by react? If, if I get a phone call from my sister, let's say. From your sister? And yeah, speak up a little bit for him. Don't want to speak up. And she's telling me something that she didn't like about something I did or said or whatever. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I, I respond to it. It's like, I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry if I did something that she didn't like. Or you, Do you apologize even if you didn't do it? No. Oh. No. You apologize because you did it. You know she's right. Or, or she perceives it that way. Oh. You know. I don't like it when she doesn't speak to me, or if, well, I respond differently to different people. Oh, okay. But I'm still responding, not like I should. I should, I should be objective to it, but I'm not. The, the, oh, okay, that's a good point. The, the world, your family and your friends are too important to you. Yeah. yeah okay, that's a good point, because you're right. Once, that, once you're born again, that doesn't bother you anymore. They're not too important to you. Um, why is it difficult accepting salvation for you? What do you mean? Why is it, why is it difficult accepting? Yeah, because it's already there for you. It's laid out. All you have to do is accept it. Why is it difficult accepting it? Did you know it was already laid out for you? That's what I've heard. <laughs> 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 it's like going to a party and refusing to eat. You know, the food is just laid out, right? <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> why is it difficult to accept it? Because when I thought that I had accepted it, right, it was such a it was such a blow to know that I had not accepted it because I had that you know that big outburst that let me know that I wasn't born again, like I thought I was. And then, I'm sorry, what let you know that? Stephanie, bring me a pen and when a pad. I, I need two cents of stuff I need to drive. an outburst, an angry outburst. Oh, okay. So you had an angry outburst, mm -hmm. and then reacting like that, the devil said, you're not born again. No, um, when I had the outburst, I, I was, um, I felt, um, I don't know how to explain that. I was driven. I was, that anger drove me to, um, it, it was, it was like, um, 
It was automatic. It was automatically driving me. It drove you to what? It drove me to um, say something to, I wrote a letter, I said something to the person, and the person didn't even mean what they said. Right. I mean, they didn't mean it the way I took it. Right. Oh, okay. And so that... I, apologize. I had to apologize, but I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't apologize right away because I didn't realize right away what it, what it really happened. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, okay. Not and so the devil convinced you that you were not born again? Yeah. By, by, and he used your overreacting to convince you that you're not born again? Yes. Because you have heard that if you're born again, you cannot overreact? That you would be angry like that. Oh, okay. You could be angry but not sin. Okay. Okay. And, I, and you know, I guess that's up for interpretation what not being angry and not sinning. Is. Do you know what that is? Um, I only think I know what it is. Okay, let me ask one of the Christians. We had three of them here. Let me see the Christians again. The born again. We had three of them. Oh, now we got some more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you, how do you reply to what she said, the lady in the back? Yeah. Yes. Uh, <coughs> you're, you're born again, right? You're of God. Okay, speak a little loud because I can't yeah. hear you. Because I know I'm a child of God. Right. And uh, I think that for people to accept something is one thing, but to surrender is a total different thing. Which you're, you're what you're talking about is is people not surrendering. We're accepting it, but we're not surrendering to what, God. D define acceptance and surrendering. Just define. Define what? What, what does accept mean? You agree. Okay, and what does... I deeply is surrendering. Surrendering is when you surrender with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole being. And how do you surrender? You fall to your knees and you raise your hands and you say, I believe. You fall to your knees, raise your hand and say, I believe. Yeah. And that causes you to surrender to God? That's an act of, of surrender. Falling to your knees is an act of surrendering? Yeah. But does that cause you to uh, be born again? I mean, does it cause you to surrender to God? It allows me to be born again. And once you get up from falling to your knees, are you a different person then? I'm a better person for it. But not different? Well, I'm different from minute to minute. <laughs> Will you, would you still do the same things that you did before you fell to your knees? I know that I get more or less, I'm, I'm punished when I, when I hold back from God. So let, let me ask this. We, let's say that an angry person, let's say you're an angry person, you know, and you fall to your knees and surrender. When you get up, are you still an angry person? If you take it back. If you take it back, what do you mean? If you take the surrendering back. As long as you continue to surrender, then the path is peaceful. Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm just, again, I'm, I'm trying to help. I'm, I'm fellowshipping. So when you fall on your knees as an angry person, and you say, oh, God, I'm an angry person, all on your knees. Take and it you away get, from me. You know, what are you asking God for? Right. And when you take it back, do you mean like once you get up, you say, oh, I'm just playing. I want my anger back? I've never experienced that, so I couldn't. What do you mean by take it back? That's what I want to understand. Uh, doing the same things that caused me the same pain. The pain of, of knowing I've done something wrong and, and haven't made amends for it. Right. Are you an angry person? Yeah. You have anger? Yeah. And you're a Christian? Yeah. So why would you, is it good to be angry? First I accept it, then I surrender. Is it good to by, be angry? By surrendering it, I, I give the power of it back to God, and, uh, and then it relieves me. It takes that, that anger away from me. So it's like a gift that I get for feeling <coughs> Uh, let me just ask so like you, you have this anger you give it to God you take it back you give it you, take, you constantly take it back why would you take it back is it good to be angry well we, we're, we're humans we make mistakes we, we lie is it good to be angry <clears throat> if it patterns of growth I'm sorry if there's a pattern of growth in it we can be angry and then transform into you know denial or the type of anger that you have, is it good to be angry? It's always something that I cause, no. 
I mean, it's not good to be angry, but maybe a little bit because it helps people do things. It gets them off their butts. <laughs> so your anger is good in a sense I because... I try to focus it into something positive when I can't, can't re be relieved by God. Do you think God wants you to live that way? I believe he wants us to love each other. Does he want you to be angry? No. And if you are his daughter, will he allow you to be, will he let anger dwell in you or will he completely take it away from you? With the free will to do whatever we want. Or you can choose to be angry and not to be angry? You can choose to be angry and not listen to the, to the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, you, you agree with what she's saying? What do you think about what she's saying? Are you, let me ask, are you, you're born again? You're a Christian? No, no, I'm not. But uh, I think that's confusing. I think it's more black and white. I think it's wrong to be angry, and that's that. I don't think it, a little bit of anger is good. Okay. Um, let me ask, uh, oh, you can call in, folks, at 1-800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-2663, or email us, church at bondinfo.org, and I can, you can take part in this as it is happening. Uh, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name and town on your email. Thank you, yeah. Um, I want to ask about over, uh, I said that it is easy First, we need to establish, is it true that you can be born again and be of anger? And is it like a choice? And is it coming and going and all that kind of stuff? You don't think it is true? You don't think it is true? Is it, can you be that way as a Christian, a true born-again person? Well, first and foremost, you, you started the discussion with an inquiry, how many uh, believe in God? Right. And I think uh, believing, you can believe God exists but not have a relationship with Him. And most people do. And if you don't have a relationship with Him, then, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of meaningless. And how do you know when you have a relationship with Him? Well, like you would establish any other kind of relationship by, with, through communication on a frequent basis. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, yielding, yielding your way to his way. And uh, as I forestated, you know, just a, a constant communication with him. And I think he does reveal certain things into your spirit when you're in touch with him. So you know that you have a relationship with him by constantly communicating with him? That's one way. Is there another way to know? Um, to know for sure, you can't know without communication. Just, you know, there might be other methods. And are you, uh, so you said that you are a Christian, right? You're born again. That's correct, sir. Um, do you, are you, do you have any anger? Do I, uh, do I have any anger? I don't have any anger issues per se, but I have been annoyed. You have been annoyed? Yes, I, I have been annoyed. <laughs> And is there a difference between anger and being annoyed? Probably, uh, uh, probably not really, but I think your reaction depends, you know, it, you react a little more uh, violently, I would say, uh, when you're angry. When you're annoyed, you know, you can just say, so be it, and walk away. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. uh, would a person with perfect peace be annoyed? Can a person... Well, uh, uh, do you have to have some anger so you can be annoyed, become annoyed? <laughs> well, uh, you know, a perfect peace is temporary. It is. You know, <laughs> that's, I think until we're in our glorified bodies, uh, there will be no perfect peace on a consistent basis. So you don't think you can have it while you're living? Oh, you know, I said, well. On a consistent basis. Mom, I said on a consistent basis. You come and go. Yeah, perfect peace is, you know, is not necessarily eternal. Oh, okay. It's, uh, you know, perfect peace is, I would hope, uh, most of the time. Uh, why don't, why can't... You said earlier, uh, you quoted out of scripture, uh, we have not because we ask not. Right. Okay, this is one of the things that we should be seeking from the Father when we have a relationship with Him. Perfect peace? Yeah, peace, yes. Right. 
could we should we uh, seek it for on a so that we can have it always or just sometimes? You can seek it for anything you want to seek it for, but uh, if you have anger issues and it's quite prevalent in your life, well, I think this would be one thing that you'd concentrate on. Because, right. you know, perfect peace is no fun. It's no fun. No, it's not fun. I mean, <laughs> perfect peace is fun. I'm sorry. But being annoyed and anger is not, not fun. That's right. Yeah. Amen to and that. You don't want to go around like that. That's, that's detrimental to your health, too. It is. And do you think God will want his children to have perfect peace always or sometimes so that they can be annoyed? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know the mind of God, but I do know. Wow, that's so good. I do know that he desires the best for us. Right. Do you, uh, where did you get this idea that we can't have perfect peace always while we're living? Where did that come from? Oh, I guess because we were, we're not in a perfect world. And uh, biblically speaking, there, I, I understand that there will be trials and tribulations. Right. As long as uh, we're on this planet, so. And so that's how you came up. I sound like a lawyer, huh? And so that's how you came up. <laughs> I know. Huh? This is real fellowship right here. Serious. Yeah. That other fellowship that you get when you go to church and the preacher just stand there and throw out the Bible and take your money and you go home is not church. That's play, play church. We used to do that in the backyard where mama was out picking cotton, you know. That's play church. This is real church. This is what, when Christ went out and met with the people, he didn't preach to them, he taught to them, communicated with them so he could find out what was wrong in order to show them how to overcome. And, uh, and he was a walking Bible. And, and he, didn't, he didn't go around just quoting scriptures to them. As a matter of fact, they couldn't even understand what he was talking about because he didn't get into the scripture thing. They wanted, they were like, why don't you, why don't you mention 1 John chapter 2? You never mentioned the Bible. And he was like, I'm telling you the truth. But you're not using scriptures. You're not from God. We're going to hang you on a cross. So this is real church. But let me ask, what did I ask you? I forgot what I asked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back. <laughs> okay. Put it on the back burner. What did I ask? Oh. I think I asked, do you think God wants you to have perfect peace always? Yeah, I think I responded to that. Oh, I forgot what I asked, though. But I'll come back. Hold that thought. Oh, I asked, where did you get the idea that God did not want you to have perfect peace always? And you said we were human. I didn't say that. I just said that he desires the best for us. Does he desire that we have perfect peace always while on earth? And I think I responded by telling you that I do not know the mind of God. Oh, the but mind of God. The word of God does teach us that we will be going through some trials and tribulations. Right. As long as, you know, um, we're here. Okay. Are you a Christian, sir? Are you a Christian? Yes, I am. Uh, the mind of God. Should we know the mind of God as children of God? The mind of God, is, I think, is instilled within us. Right. Children. Okay. So should we know his mind? She says she doesn't know the mind of God. Should we know God's mind? God's mind is in your mind. And through your mind, you speak God's will. So we should know his mind. Yes, we should. Yeah, we definitely should know his mind. Uh, uh, and, and in knowing his mind, you will discover that his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. And see, this is so important because I'm seeing Christians suffering unnecessarily. They're allowing the devil to bring all kind of confusion and stuff into their lives, and they don't have the power to resist it because they don't, they don't, they don't know the mind of God. They don't understand. And you got to start, because, I mean, you got to start understanding, because how can you, God said that we should be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. How are you going to be the light if you are living like the darkness does, you know, because pain and suffering and fear and doubts and worry and all that stuff is, is the nature of darkness. So you, how are you going to be in light if you're still living in darkness, right? That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it does. 
I'll help you get there in a minute. It really does make sense. Um, let me ask, um, let me ask you, Kent, you said that, I said that it is, the, the easiest thing to do is to overcome the thing that bothers us, to, to go free, to overcome sin. It is the easiest thing to do, and you agree with me, right? The three of you guys agree that it is easy. Kent? Yeah. Um, and give us an example of something you had to overcome, and how did you do it that it was so easy? That made it, how was it easy? Um, I, I would say that, uh, you know, my life before I met you um, was struggling with my circumstances, uh, my parents and my anger towards my parents. And when I realized that it was my anger, uh, namely towards my father, that was keeping me away from my uh, father in heaven, I was able to forgive my earthly father, um, which really was just for, you know, going to him and apologizing for my anger. Um, and it wasn't hard to do, really. Once I realized that that was my issue, I, I walked away free. So it was a very, very simple act, and uh, it didn't require much effort at all, and it was, it was probably one of the easiest things I've had to do. How about the things that come now and bother you and get to you and get to you? Are there things that get to you at times now? Not, not really. I mean, I think it's, you know, she mentioned something about, you know, we, we have trials and tribulations, but, you know, I, my energy and attitude towards challenges of life are completely different today than they used to be. So, you know, I, I look at things as in a much different perspective. So it, it, things don't affect me the way that they used to. And I'm talking about on an emotional level. They used to, they used to shake me. Um, and where is the easy part that causes you to overcome? How, how is it easy? Well, I think, I think it's the, the will part, which is that, um, you know, in my case, um, there was the, before I had sort of discovered what we're talking about, I, I thought I was going to overcome it on my own. And I put a lot of energy and effort into overcoming. Um, you know, you mentioned a lot of Christians are lost. You said a really high percentage of them are lost. And, you know, I was one of those. I mean, I believe that I was a Christian and I uh, had a lot of effort into being a Christian. I was reading, you know, scriptures and, and trying to memorize things and, and putting effort into it. But the minute that I realized that the effort was in letting go and just seeing that I was actually, to be honest with you, trying to use my own will rather than just letting God's will be done. That's, that's the easy part, is once I saw that about myself, I let go of my effort and, and I allowed things to happen naturally without me doing anything. And, and you said it earlier, but you know, God has already, you know, he's already placed the, the settings for salvation, so it was just a question of recognizing that. And how does one let go? Well, how does one let go? Yeah. I mean, number one, you have to, uh, you have to overcome your anger and see the truth about the fact that you do have anger. And when you do see that, then it, it, the, the truth about yourself ultimately uh, liberates you. Um, time is going by fast. I'm going I'm to start speeding up a little bit here. I can't believe that this hour is almost up. Because I really, really, really want to say something that will cause you to think about this, as Stephanie mentioned earlier to really think about this and be honest with yourself so that it can happen. Yes, sir. Talking about, you asked Ken about, you know, how, you, how about overcoming? Yes. Uh, when you see your problem, when you see what you need to overcome, and you simply don't, in other words, you can't make it happen. You cannot, I mean, you see what, you see what the problem is, and that's all you really can do. You can wish that you shall, that you should overcome, or that you want to overcome, but uh, but you can't really make it happen on your own. Okay. You can't. Is that true? What are you saying? Because you said that you overcome, right? 
I said it was easy to overcome. The easiest thing is to overcome your sins. And you have, right? Yeah. You said you have. Is that true what he just said? Yes. Um, it's true. And, and you, you've overcome your sins. Yeah. You don't sin. No. You don't sin. No, I don't. Three times and a cock going to crawl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay. But, and how is it easy to overcome? What are the, tell folks how easy to overcome. The easiest thing in the world to overcome For yourself. me, like Kent was saying, I spent a lot of time uh, seeing my failures and seeing my weaknesses and all the you know, things that I did wrong in my life. And I was struggling with it. And I would see the dark thoughts and I would suppress it. So I was in a constant, constant war with the evil, but I wasn't ever getting better. But I was constantly suppressing or interacting with it in some way. And when I realized that that's what it wanted me to do and that all I needed to do was see, look at the, you know, what my conscience is pointing out, don't hate it, and it passes. And my life got better and better. So there's really no, like you said, the battle's already been won. All we need to do is just see it, appreciate it, seeing it, and it goes. When you say see, how do you see? Well, the conscience presents, I mean, it's there for you. It's a wordless knowing that you have of failures or when you're weak or whatever, it's, it's just there. It's and so you now have no more insecurities, no more doubts, no more fears, no more worries, no more nothing. No, I don't worry. I see when I, when I- How about doubts and insecurities and fears? No, no, I mean, I, I know I have a lot of growing to do. I'm not saying I'm a stronger person. I have weaknesses, but I see doubts. Do you have any doubts, insecurities, no. and fears? No. When okay. I see them present themselves, I just recognize them, let them pass. Okay. Uh, let me ask you a quick question. You, when I asked were you born again, you said no, right? Who? You. Me? Uh-huh. No, I never raised my hand. You did not raise your hand? No. Implying that you're not born again. Right then how do you know what you said is true? Well, you were talking about uh, peace, perfect peace. Do you have perfect peace? I don't have that perfect peace. Oh, then what you said, how do you know that's true, what you said earlier? Uh, well, it, I mean, it's, it's really simple. In, in, in essence, you really can't do anything about your problems. You can't. You know, I mean, all you can see is uh, see them and, and, and not manipulate the situation, just see it. That's can, it. A, can a blind person see that they can't do anything about their problems uh, or his problem? Right on. They can? Yes. A blind person can see they can't do anything, that he or she cannot do anything about. Absolutely. Okay. Um, real fast, let me ask you this. I just saw you imply you're a little frustrated and you're licking out your tongue and carrying on. Am I saying something that you don't agree? Because I want to help you. If I'm not making sense, then I want to make it clear for you. I just hear it over and over, acceptance and surrender. And um, I, I have a problem with you asking that question, to be honest. What question? Who's a born-again Christian? Because I had an experience where they told me I wasn't Christian enough to join this organization. Right. So I was very angry and frustrated. It was one of my most angered times in my life I can never remember. I can so, imagine. So I, so I looked it up in the dictionary. And the dictionary says, one who believes in the teachings of Jesus Christ. It's very simple what a Christian is according to the dictionary. Right. And um, I don't know, it relieved. Well, forgive them for doing that to you. They were wrong. Yeah. You are Christian yeah, enough to join this one. So we don't turn anybody away. You, there's no test, no anything. But you need to forgive them for doing that. I they were wrong. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is when you hear something that sounds like it, look like it, you're going to have a reaction to it and treat it as though it's the same thing happening again. Yeah. And that's what you're doing now. You, you did not forgive them, so you're going through that reaction no, I, now. I did forgive them. But, but when I said that, though, it kind of so, got to you because you're doing this. <laughs> so, but if you forgive, it will not bother you. And that's why I'm telling you that. Because this is not the same thing at all. God said that we must be born again, and there's a reason for that. And a lot of people are not born again. I'm not saying you got to be born again and join a church or join a religion. 
I'm saying you must be born again because Christ made it possible that we can live on this earth and have perfect peace at all times. Right. He wants us to be in the world, but not of it. Mm -hmm. And if the world is manipulating you and causing you to go up and down in emotions, then you're of it, all in the name of Jesus. And there need to be something, we need to deal with that because that's not how Christ, that's not how it should be. But we've been told over and over again that it's okay because we're human. We're, we're, you know, we, our, our spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You heard that before? Yes. And so we have deceivers telling us it's okay to be a child of God, but yet be of the devil too. That's what they're telling us. Um, I have 10 minutes already. Let me just say this to you. Um, God said that uh, we must be born again, right? But he said in order for us to be born again, we have to die. We have to lay down a life in order that we may live. In order that we may live, we must die. And the, and, and the dying is the ego aspect of us, this thing that has made a home inside of us, this other identity, this other spirit that's made a home inside of us, which is the nature of the devil. Because the ego, the pride, is of the devil, and that's what people live by. They live on that. And that's why the world is able to manipulate you and make you feel good and make you feel bad, get you to react and get you to just whatever it want to do to you. And when I say the world, I mean friends, family, children, enemies. They can manipulate you because you haven't really died from that life yet. You, you still have that ego, even though you say you believe in God. You still have that ego nature, and the, and, and the evidence of it is that you react to your world around you. You react to your kids. You react to your husband or wife. You worry about what people think about you. You're insecure. You judge yourself and others, all in the name of Jesus. You say you believe in God. Well, when you die from that ego, you cannot do any of those things. Once you're born again, it is impossible to judge yourself or your fellow man. And if you notice, and I want you to pay attention to yourself, know thyself. If you notice, most people are very, very judgmental. Most people are. Christians and non-Christians. They judge themselves and they judge others. They judge every situation. They judge every thought. They judge everything. Just a life of judgment. And, and, but they don't know that they're judging because it's so natural and so much a part of that nature, that ego nature that you have to die from, that you don't even see it as judging. You don't know you're and, and if you judge, you're being judged. If you judge, you're playing God, and you, you can't know God if you play him. Uh, and so you're judging in that ego nature, nature in that lifestyle. You're judging all the about every, even your thoughts have you judging. Your thoughts will say, oh, that man look awful in that suit. And you're thinking, yeah, he look awful. And it's, it's judgment. You cannot, you got to die from that. Literally let it go. So that God can come in and, the way, and save you. The way you let it go. The way you let it go is you got to first um, you got to first realize that you have not been born again because nothing has really changed. The only thing that has changed in your life is that you have quoted the Bible, you're going to church and repeating words. That's all you're doing. That's the only thing that has changed. You still have the same everything, and that's what people don't want to face. Because the ego won't let you face that you have not been born again. I'm the same person. But and then it'll start telling you, if you try on yourself to, to, to admit it, it'll start telling you, well, you know what? You're flesh, you're flesh and blood. You can't help it. You know, you got to wait until you go to heaven before you can be perfect. Even though God said, be ye perfect as he is perfect. Be ye holy. And a holy person is not an angry person. You can't be angry and holy. You can't judge yourself and your fellow man and your situations and be holy. That's not what holy people do. 
right? And so, but it's all the nature of the devil that has made a home inside of you. Now, here's the key. You got to see that and admit that you're not born again. And the way you admit it is simply recognizing it. That's all you need to do. Just don't pretend you're something that you're not. It's that pride that's made a home in you that will not allow you to accept it. Because it knows that if you ever brought it to the light in that way by accepting it, then it has to die. Because it's God who allows you to see it, and it's also God who causes you to overcome it by seeing it only. Getting to know yourself and seeing that you're not born again. And here's the way you accept it. You know how sometimes when you can, you can feel the pain of anger. Anybody ever felt anger? Yes. Yes. You can feel the pain of anger. You feel like you want to go off on somebody. You feel like this is insane, right? What you got to do, what I recommend you do, is realize in that very moment that you're feeling it, whether it's being shy or anger or you're over happy about something or whatever, you got to, in that moment, be still and let God take care of it. Don't lash out at the person. Don't condemn yourself. Just... Just, just relax in it. And you know your heart that is wrong, but just relax in that pain or in that shyness and let yourself feel it. And, and that's what crying out to God is, and he'll come in and save you from it. He really will. It's spiritual. Our battle is a battle between good and evil, between right and wrong. And everything we do and everything we deal with is spiritual. And of ourselves, we can do nothing. But our ego makes us think that we can. It has convinced us that if we know the Bible enough, we can do it. If we pray enough, we can do it. If we lift up hands, we can do it. It's all lies. None of that is going to do it. And the Bible tells you that. It tells you that of yourself you can do nothing. Of yourself you know nothing. But your ego won't let you accept it. When shyness comes, you, you try to cover it up. When anger comes, you let it out or you try to cover it up by pretending that you're nice. You got to let yourself feel it and your spirit will cry out to God and he will save you. If you put any effort in it, whether it's denying it or uh, being upset about it or judging your fellow man or whatever you do, you never will know God. And once you are born again, once you enter into that kingdom of heaven within, because God said that the kingdom is within and it's up there too once you die, but it's in us now so that we can live a perfect, peaceful life right now so that when people see you they will see him and then they will want to know and you can testify and bring them unto Christ as well or cause it to happen but don't nobody want to hear from no angry insecure emotional liar uh, a fake a person pretending that they know God that's why most of the young people uh, 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 when they go off to college or somewhere they accept the devil's way rather than your way, because they see that you've been a hypocrite. All in the name of Jesus, you've not been of love. You've been of hate. And so it's easy for the world to seduce your kids because they see that you're hypocrites. But if you were the real deal, then it would be, when you send your kids out into the world, it would be difficult for the world to take them over. But you gotta lay down that pride, and you can't do it of yourself. You gotta know that you have it, and not be upset about it, and it will work. He would do the rest. You got to come out of denial, like Adam. If Adam had, had Adam just said, "You know what, Father, I was wrong." We would be going through this mess today, but he denied right away. And if you're not conscious of yourself, you're constantly denying. You deny about yourself. You deny, deny. You judge, you deny. You must be born again. You need a new nature, and it's spiritual. And there's nothing you can do about it. And when you do find it, when it does happen. When it does happen, he's going to put a, a, a spiritual bubble around you and the world cannot get to you. And you're going to deal with the world. You're going to deal with issues. You're going to be honest and fair with others. You're going to succeed in life. You're going to raise your kids in the right way because now you're coming from perfect love rather than from this ego nature that you have not laid down. You can only serve one. Now, you can lie to yourself or pretend like you're serving him. You, it's so easy to fool yourself about it. But uh, when you find God, the way you react to the world, 
It's going to be different. You're not going to react in the same without an effort. And also, you're going to constantly be discovering. He's going to allow you to see because he's going to wake up your inner eyes. And he's going to allow you to, to see. And what you think you know now only get better. You know, you're going to move away from, I hate my mom, I hate my daddy, and all that kind of stuff. Your conversation is going to be different because you're constantly discovering truth. Because the Father is allowing you to see truth. But what people are doing, they just grab words, and they hang on to them, and their conversation is still the same. Eight years go by, and they still say, well, I hated my mama, or, uh, or, or I went to church and read the Bible. Come on, God is greater than that. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The devil is deceiving us through our ego. We got to die from that. And what I recommend is that when you pray, you should be still and allow the truth to catch up with you. God already know what you want. He already know your needs even better than you do. He already know. All he wants you to do is calm down, stop playing God so he can take over. And order your needs will be supplied. Wisdom will come. Perfect love will come. And you start living it. Wealth or whatever it is that you want, whatever you may want, it will be added unto you. But you got all this hooping and hollering and begging God and carrying on and just acting out. When I speak at different churches, it's like an hour before I can get up and speak. Because we got to dance and shout and hoop and holler and run for 45 minutes. And then we got to spend 10 minutes taking up money. And then I finally get up. Who feel like talking after all that energy is gone? <laughs> God, just, he just so, he's so straight and narrow and simple. The truth is just basic truth. It's not all that. It's just basic truth, and it set you free. That's what it does, and it keeps you free. And you will overcome sin because he starts to show you, and you start to see your weakness, and this, 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 and you start to overcome them. And you're made perfect. You're being made perfect as he is perfect. As your father perfect. And people will see that in you. And you'll be a, a witness to them without sharing the Bible down their throat. There's not, there's not a worse witness than one that shoved the Bible down your throat and they're angry and out of control too. <laughs> what kind of witness is that? Who want to hear that? It's no wonder people, like when they see you coming with the Bible and they run, your kids don't want to hear it. You're sharing the Bible down their throat, and you're not free yourself. Anyway, I suggest you calm down, be still, and know the truth. When you pray, just go into your prayer closet and just take a chance. Just be quiet and, and let God reveal himself to you. And then once you do that for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes every morning at night. And then once you finish doing that, you can get up and do your hooping and hollering and stuff and see which one works. You can carry on and see which one is going to work for you. And we should know the mind of God because if we can't know his mind, then we'll operate from the mind of the devil, that voice that talks to you. You know how you hear your own voice in your head? Anybody ever hear their own voice? They say, well, you know, get up and go more down. Or uh, your husband is late. He must be cheating on you. And he's like, no, my husband is a good man. He won't cheat. And then the devil said, that's what you think. And then he said, and it sounds like you, right? And he said, no, he's a good man. I know he won't cheat. And the devil like, okay. Well, where is he then? And then you start believing it because it sounds like you. And it sounds like it could be true. And by the time the husband gets home, you're ready to chop his head off. And he's like, well, what up, what's up, honey? You've been out cheating. He's like, no, I just worked a little late. Why do you call? Well, I didn't think I need to call. You know I'm a good man. No. And he can't prove himself if you have already believed a lie. Have you noticed that? But if you're not connected to the, the voice of the devil, but that voiceless voice, you can't help but believe the truth. You have the patience to wait. So be still and know. Admit you're wrong. Be still and know, and God will do the rest. You got to die in order to be born again. You know, and I don't hear being born again much talked about much. But Christ said we must be born again. You got to lay down that ego nature, that angry nature, that nature is just of the devil. Because, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. His sign was upside down like this. So I tried to. 
But I encourage you, look, great, I'm telling you, I, I was no good. I knew the Bible. I hooped and hollered. I went to church. I did all that stuff. It was all nothing. But it wasn't until I sat still and got to know myself, he allowed me to see that my life changed. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for being here. <laughs>